Welcome to New Persuasive Words, a podcast of hope-seeking understanding. You're invited to listen in to an ongoing conversation about theology, culture, and politics between your co-hosts, Scott Jones and Bill Bohr. Regardless of topic, Bill and Scott offer intelligent insights and critiques, sometimes funny, occasionally contentious, but always remaining friends. Now, here are Scott and Bill. Welcome to the show. This is episode 284. I'm Scott Jones. And I'm Bill Bohr, and welcome to our Christmas show. It is. A, it is. Starring Robert Goulet and the Rockettes. Remember, <laughs> did, you see, did you see Saturday Night Live with Eddie Murphy? I saw, I haven't watched all that much parts of it. Oh, gosh. And he did Gumby. Remember? The, oh, Gumby's Gumby was, show? yeah, Gumby was oh, awesome. This is Gumby, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Gumby, how's your wife and kids? My wife is a cow, and my kids are a financial burden. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. It was funny. Yeah, it was, was awesome. Yeah, it was very it's good. It's Gumby, damn it. I always like Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. Yeah, he did another one of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw, I saw just bits and pieces. Yeah, Mr. I, Robinson's was great. Yeah. Kill my landlord. <laughs> yeah, was, hey. Boys and girls, this the, way, the word for the day is gentrification. Yeah. <laughs> That's when white people spend a lot of money and all the black people move out. <laughs> Yes, well, Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas. Yeah, and Happy Hanukkah to our Jewish friends out there. Happy Hanukkah. Day two, yeah. Yeah, look, Merry Christmas. We can say Merry Christmas because of our great, the leader, Donald Trump. Yeah, the city of Bethlehem is not better off because of Donald Trump. It is, <laughs> not, it is, it is. Not, well, it is. Mark Short said so on Fox News Sunday. They asked him about the Christianity Today editorial and he wait, said... Wait a minute, okay, so because Mark Schwartz said it, it's better? Okay. That's his name, right? The The... Editorial director, the or the he's he's Mike Pence's chief of staff, and I think runs the pack or whatever. So. Oh, yeah. There so we they go. asked him about the about the um, they asked him about the the Christianity Today thing. He said, "Look, I'm just saying, a lot of evangelicals are diverse. I'm just saying, many of us will be celebrating the birth of our Savior, and we're happy that this president is supporting life in similar unplanned pregnancies, which I thought it was planned. The Lord did plan it, but." And then he said, and also we'll be seeing in little town of Bethlehem. We need to remember this is the most pro-Israel president ever. And even Chalicles like that. Yeah, but Bethlehem's in the West Bank. Well, okay. I'm just telling you what Mark Shore said, okay? I'm just telling you, okay? If you want to be, if you want to, you take it up with, you, uh, with the vice president's office, right? I'm just telling you what's going on. Jesus. All right? Oh, my heavens. Okay, very good. You know, if you want to be antagonistic to yeah, Mike Pence's uh, yeah, chief of staff, you what, go ahead. Gosh, I... Probably. Who am I to even? Who are you to challenge Mark Short? Yeah, yeah. Or Martin Short, for that matter. Martin Short. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I would not want to get on the wrong side of Pence's brain trust. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Of course he would. Well, um, so we should, this Christianity Today thing, uh, it's the, uh, it is a bit of a firestorm. Uh, Let me tell you, though, before we get into that, I want to say I saw two movies Saturday. One was Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, which I think is was great and i thought lindy and i were like let's stay off the internet so people don't ruin our pleasure like oh what's that like it was actually yeah i was exceeded my expectations and then i watched the two popes on netflix oh is it good it's outstanding yeah i want to see that outstanding Uh, i want to see that Uh, just excellent i couldn't say enough good about i want i want to see 1917 but uh uh, actually john and i my son we were going to go see that on christmas day but um it's we're not one of the select towns that get to see it. It's not in Philadelphia. So anyway, but that looks like an amazing movie. A number of things look interesting. Out yeah, there. And, and I'll tell you what, 
when we went to the theater. Oh, by the way, Merry Christmas, Stephen. Merry Christmas, Stephen. As uh, one of our friends who was in the, uh, who was familiar with the, uh, what do you call them? The, uh, the swinging in the Taliban. Yeah, but he's, uh, he keeps the faith there on that site. <laughs> uh, of all the, of all the, uh, it's funny because I, I did this conversation today about Christmas movies with the guy from Y Theater. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're very smart. And one of them saw, had seen, the younger guy had seen the, Star Wars movie. He said the Emperor represents like monoculture, you know, like at this swallow. And I said, yeah. So does Disney, because it's like it's so interesting because all the theaters were all the five because there were only five films in the theater because it was so many Star Wars. Right. I think they were all Disney films. Oh wow, wow. <laughs> and the, uh, yeah. So that's yeah. So the, since we've been since we have last met, uh, we talked mentioned the Christianity Today editorial has come out and two hundred uh, Christian leaders wrote a thing opposing it. Uh, the president was impeached. Uh, that that happened last week. So some stuff's happening. A left wing magazine that's got nothing to do with Billy Graham. <laughs> you know what my favorite re- 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 like thing of that whole thing? I, it, Trump almost ruined Billy Graham for me. But then, well, his son is doing, trying to do that. Well, that's true too. That's that's very true too. But his the grandson, wait, one of the grandsons weighed in. So uh, did one of the granddaughters as well. Yeah, yeah uh, I'm looking uh, looking for. I found it through Bo Davidian's site, which now I gotta learn how to spell that. I think I got it. Uh, so this was his one of the grandsons. Oh, jeez, not gonna be able to find it. But anyway, it's uh, it was one of the grandsons said basically. Oh yes, I, I remember that day in 2016. It was glorious when my grandfather shook off all of the Parkinson's things and the, this encephalitis. The, all these things he had shook it off, just stood up, drove himself to the polls and cast his ballot. It was a glorious day. <laughs> <laughs> Implying, I think that Franklin was less than honest about his dad's. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. In the election. Cause he didn't yeah. get out of bed very often. No, no, I, that's um, yeah, I don't, that's a very, yeah. Both those sons are kind of sad legacy. Yeah. As a matter of fact, there's, yeah, we, there's another son who they nameless that, that uh, did not do well by their father. So that seems to be in the in the water and in the air. Some great evangelical. Yeah. You know, and Falwell, Falwell was a sidewinder. His, Jerry Falwell was senior in so many ways. But I, he wasn't, his convictions, I mean, his he was a genuine Christian person. He was a right-wing activist. But it really, I, again, I don't even know what his son is. It's, it's pretty, um, pretty. He's the chancellor. Yeah, I mean, you know, Jared Falwell Senior. Yeah, I love that. Jared Falwell Senior did not get rich off of his ministry. That does not seem to be the case. I would with love the son. to be the chancellor of anything. Aren't <laughs> you the vice president of the classes? Of I am vice president of the classes. Why yeah. don't you change to vice chancellor? <laughs> that seems like somebody who's going to get in trouble in, in Austria. Say, the RCA needs breathing room. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the Christianity editorial. It's interesting because you know many people thought it was too little, too late. Uh, I thought for a second the editor in chief got a health scare. I was just like, I gotta go right with Jesus. But you know, Tim Galley, the editor that wrote it, who's retiring next month, is converting to Roman Catholicism. Oh, interesting. So it's like his, it's his last uh, goodbye to evangelicalism. Yeah, I guess so. So yeah, I, yeah, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I I do think um, that it's it is an interesting thing that the nationalistic faith, that which was in the 1950s and 60s, we would arguably say was a mainline thing. Um, center to you know centralist, centrist, uh, maybe to the left a bit, but that 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 the uh, state religion, you know, Christianity's marriage with the state, has become a full blown evangelical conservative. I mean, there's some conservative Catholics as well, but uh, 
uh, and conservative Protestants who wouldn't necessarily call themselves evangelicals. But man, that thing has, uh, it's like the, it's like the magnetic pole was keeps moving. Uh, yeah. It's, it's that the, yeah, there was a poll too that 43% of evangelicals said they would like, they want to see Trump removed from office. Well, that, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, there's, you know, a lot of the evangelicals that we know, uh, uh, you know, I think Christianity Today is certainly, it's not speaking alone. I mean, it's not in, it's, it's not in a small place. Uh, now again, um, you know, <laughs> some of these mega churches, I saw one of my former students just, uh, spouting off inaneness about this whole thing. Um, and I didn't say anything because it's not my, it's not my job to do that. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting. Now whoever's job it is, get on it. <laughs> he's a good, he's a good guy. He's a, he's a good guy. He's a good guy, but uh, you don't you don't want him teaching your political or religious theory. Um, so, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. What theory would you want him teaching? <laughs> you don't want him teaching political. I, I, I think he. I think you know. I think he's really good at uh, car mechanics. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but um, anyway, I you know I think this it's an interesting uh, Christianity today. I mean, you know, again, we never know anyone's motivation. We. It's, an, it's a dangerous thing. Half the time, we don't even know our own motivation. So, you know, take it at face value. This person thought it was his moral obligation to do it. Um, you know, I, I, I'm assuming that he got approval from whoever he has to get approval from. Um, and uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. I mean, we, uh, our good friend Matt Milner. You know, he's he's you know, I, I uh, enthusiastic and tenure his tenure track professor at uh, Wheaton and. Um, in many ways, as you know, as a bold apologist for um, evangelical in a very ecumenical ways, um, and I, you know, there are people out there who are trying to have a thoughtful walk, a thoughtful line. And, and he and, has told me that you know he has not met among the faculty we any Trump supporter. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, and and he says you know there are Republicans on the faculty certainly, but there there's no Trump supporters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now that would be. I mean, I think that would be your tradition. I mean, you think like someone. Like, um, you know, the, the never Trumper folks, uh, who's, who's your friend? French. David French. David French is a good example. Someone that, I mean, that's kind of even conservative evangelicalism that, you know, that I think I, that I was nurtured in. And, uh, that's why, I mean, I understand it from a cultural, sociological perspective, the Trump support. Um, but then I also don't understand fog machines as part of, uh, holy worship either. So, uh, so maybe that shows, I mean, I understand it. I just don't, don't, uh, seems to be one of the silliest things that people do, uh, and many silly things. So, And I don't think place of worship should be sound st- sound studios. I think our place should be, this should be a sound studio. This is, st- yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I— And I, the other thing is, too, that I, Dave Fitch, had, uh, on Friend of the Show, it said it weighed in on some things about the colonial Christendom thing of Merry Christmas and all this. Now, let me tell you, the only time—I don't say Merry Christmas to people usually unless they say it to me first. And usually it's at, like, a bar or restaurant or some sort of thing, like— where like a server or a bartender says, you know, or somebody at a store says Merry Christmas. And I felt like, should I be chastening them? Like, And most of them I don't think are very religious, but should I be telling them that they are religious imperialists? And even if they're not religious, like, <laughs> I, I just was, I was I, so I just, I, just some, I just don't sometimes understand why he draws his lines where he does. I mean, you know, I don't know. Merry Christmas, everyone! Happy Merry holidays! Christmas, everyone. Yeah, Happy holidays! Yeah, I, I, that's uh, that's. I don't, and I don't run around saying. Like, again, I usually don't only say it responsibly if I'm out and about. It. I, but yeah, the best of people that. 
Say it don't strike me as religious. Again, most of them don't strike me as religious that are saying. Yeah, maybe when we stop exploiting Native people, then we can work on the Christmas yeah. stuff. I yeah, mean, of yeah. all, all the problem of colonialism, all the problem of uh, of Christendom, uh, yeah, uh, according to Fitch, that, that was, that's not where I would – that's not where I put my first uh, – a thousand years of effort working on that one. But no. that's me. So no. I want to take a brief moment to ask you a quick question. Do you like this podcast? Do you enjoy it? Do you look forward to listening to it while you do a morning, afternoon, or evening routine, or while you're exercising, or while you're caught frustrated in traffic? Do you tune into it because of the conversations you find here? If the answer to the aforementioned questions is yes, or even just a solid maybe, would you do something for me? Would you consider becoming a Patreon sponsor of the podcast for just five bucks a month or more? It's for a good cause. You can help this podcast and one of the many others I do keep going. And you can help launch several other podcast projects I've got in the works. So I invite you to be a patron through Patreon. Of this, which I think is an art form you're enjoying and will continue to enjoy. Again, any contribution is welcome, but for five bucks a month, you will get a shout out on the thank you roll call, which begins right now. Thank you, David Babico, Andrew Stravitz, Barry Stewart, Ben Crosby, Ben DeHart, Carol Clemens, Charlotte Donlin, David Norling, David Saul, Ellis Brazil, Jennifer Spite, Jennifer Underwood, Jim Cress, Joel Wentz, John Schneider. Jonathan Butran, Jordan Mossberger, Josh Redder, Kai Wittenpeg, Larry Rule, Liam O'Brien, Michael Butera, Peter Steigerwald, Samantha Konauer, Sari Graham, Simone Garabedi, and Stephen Rowe, and Jody Stevenson. If you want to join these patrons through Patreon, just go to patreon.com forward slash Scott Kent Jones. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the show. Anyway, but... I love uh, the Advent sermons. Uh, yesterday, uh, Sunday, I gave, for the first time ever, I gave up an Advent sermon so the choirs could sing. Uh, we combined the choirs from the two churches, and so they had they took over the service. And I don't think I've ever done that. Um, nice. Uh, but, you know, it's a different day. And, uh, and again, I'm working with two churches, and so they combined for a choir. They did them, some of the Ritter uh, lessons and carols. It was nice. And um it's a good day. So, but I love this season. I love preaching the Advent sermons. Um, you know, I, you know, I one time had students come and say, well, "Oh, I'm so nervous about Christmas Eve sermon." I said, "Just stay out of the way. Just, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. stay out of the way. Let the Keep story story. Well, no, I, the story tells itself. I mean, it's an amazing thing, and just enjoy it. Enjoy the music and the beauty of it. And um, you know, I, so to me, I love talking about the incarnation. Uh, I love talking about the mystery, the strangeness of this event. Uh, um, I love that the stories, I love the gospels don't <laughs> work together. I like, I love all the things about even the story that, uh, that creates issues. I, I think to me, it's just a, it's a powerful thing. And maybe in my, my favorite, my favorite church in the Middle East, I think is the church in Nazareth and the Annunciation. It has, it has, um, Reliefs from all all the countries, every country in the world that has a Catholic presence, it has um, some representation of Mary or the Annunciation or Mary and Jesus, and it's why I love it. It's not, it's not, it's a it's a relatively modern church, but the great diversity uh, of how Mary and Jesus are seen, um, the power how this story takes on um, the elements of whatever culture it's told in and uh, that it captures the imagination to me. It's just, I, I love this. Uh, 
I love preaching these sermons. I I really enjoy this this time, and I've never bothered me if I only see people once or twice a year. Uh, it, that's yeah. I would think there's a whole host of people you don't like to see once or twice a year. <laughs> now, <but I'm> just, <laughs> I, I can name some of them by name. <laughs> some some of you, some of you. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, some of you, those uh, people from the um, the media, Delaware County community, remember uh, Tom Jones? May may he rest in peace. Was this to Tom was a combination of uh, John Candy and, and uh, John Belushi, and he was. Uh, it's a good comedy. He was I mean, he was great. Everyone loved. He was just a character and. Uh, um, and we, we knew our, each other initially through kids and through sports stuff, but, uh, Tom would come in. Tom would come once a year. Uh, sometimes we see him at Easter, but he'd, he'd show up at the, uh, at the children's Christmas Eve service. Okay. So that was the early one of the children and the young families. He'd show up usually already quite celebrative. He was already celebrating and nice. And he'd come up and he'd give me a big hug and he goes, my good friend Bill Bohr. That's how I always started every conversation. My good friend Bill Bohr. Do you know why I only come once a year? I go, well, I have my ideas, Tom. And he goes, you are so damn good. I only need one sermon, and I think about it all year round. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh, what a great, what a great character. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so no, that's my that's my take on Christmas. I'm I'm excited to to do these things. And uh, you're uh, are you preaching once or twice Christmas Eve? Twice, double header. Yeah, me too. Double header. Uh, so, um, are the services the same? They're a little different. One's a, one's a family-centered service, and the other is anti-family. Anti-family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You have to be. You have to be estranged. Uh, in, in separation process. Custody battle. You must come angry. You, you must have, come... have court documents to show that you're frustrated. Uh, so you, and you or or you have had to have a fight that evening with someone in your family. You're allowed exactly. to come. Yeah, which is probably not too not that hard to do. But I, I'd say it's interesting because I was. So the reason I had these guys McGowan and Ryan Egley on for the Y Theory podcast was I was I was really listening to their to their Christmas movie episodes and it got it helped me think about preaching and Christmas and part of their theory about Christmas movies is they and they have like five they 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 point to as examples like Three Days in the Condor with with Redford oh Three Days yeah 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 um, White Christmas uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Die Hard and the Shop Around the Corner, and so the Shop Around the Corner with Jimmy Stewart, I guess, was remade as You Got Mail. Oh, okay, right, 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 yeah, right, right, right. But they're saying like one of the things that's interesting is like you know it's talking about how Hegel thinks the great thing about Christianity, why it's the greatest truth, like Hegel thought that ever has been. It's probably the zenith of truth in human history. Is you have the absolute, like absolute substance becomes absolute subject, like the right. one that it, yeah. that that is you know is the absolute becomes subjective you could be suffer can be tortured can be cold can be you know affected right. and that this is sort of uh so they think that it's interesting because they they say that you know there has to be the castration of authority in some of these films and oftentimes it's capitals it's either it's sort of some it's like the the, the economic system the bank the bank the the, right. the and it's in in three days of the country the CIA, CIA. There's, there's really a cia within the cia right right right, right 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 and and part of this he thinks that from the sort of vulnerability of the authority comes that there's love and connection and there's like this, you know, oftentimes vulnerability. And it's interesting too, they were like talking about Die Hard, like how like, because they were talking about how you can't be a cynic in the Christmas. You can't be cynical to watch them and they can't have a cynical take in them. Like they're, which is funny because the way we celebrate Christmas is so capitalist driven. 
but often these Christmas, even the Hallmark ones, I think are sort of anti-capital. Right. There's, I mean, there's, sort of, there's always, there's always, yeah. And by the way, I, because of my mom living up here, I'm now becoming somewhat an expert of Hallmark movies just yeah. because they're always on. And apparently they make these things sometimes in like 10 days. Like I know I, that's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, but, but yeah, I, again, I, I, I'm don't really, I'm not trying to really watch them and I, I haven't watched any of them all together, but it seems like everyone there is, a mom and pop shop that's either about to be bought, or or a rich person from the city comes back. To what visit. I learned today is there's a Hallmark movie bingo club game where you can watch it and they, you can print it out from the internet. And there there are things like this. There's like the there's that there's the there's the mom and pop shop or the farm someone owns or the bank. There's all these things and you play bingo as as, as you hit one and, of the. And there are a lot of orphan children and they're all they're all <laughs> they're all on the Hallmark channel and uh, yeah the the uh, the child who you know. Talks like they're thirty years old. That they have that. They have that always. Uh, but even the villain in Die Hard is he seems like he pretends like he's a terrorist. No, he's just a capitalist. capitalist yeah. He's just an accumulator. Like yeah. one of the great, great. He's my one of my favorites. Oh, he's the greatest villain. I mean, he's such a great villain. Yeah, Alan Rickman. Yeah, yeah, Alan Rickman. Hey, I mean, he saves the the uh, the uh, uh, Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. But so this is yeah. like this is interesting because in this sort of like. You know, I so I came I came away from listening to this thing. I think that they, my thoughts on Christmas this year, they're right about Hegel and Capital and stuff. Is it's better to receive than give. Because ultimately what happens in these films is receptivity. You open yourself right, up right. to the other and, and you're really and so often we say we have this well, it's better to give than to receive, but the idea is then you become the power person, right? right that you're right. the that you, you you have won the accumulation game and have the resources to give and have the, there's so many of these assumptions that actually, I think, don't subvert the capitalist sort of consumer narrative. They actually embolden it. And, and, right. And I think that this sort of like what happens in the incarnation is God is so open to receptivity, right? And that the gift God gives is 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 that receptivity. It's about inviting that in, in, inviting us into that. And so I thought like this very yeah. The other thing too is the the gift givers in the story mess everything up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the Magi. I mean, you know, why they ever anyone ever decide they were wise men? Because if they were so wise, why in the world would they stop and talk, tell Herod, hey, there's a king born yeah. in your backyard? So, I mean, that, and that's actually, it, it's really, I mean, that's one of those texts where um, where a liberation reading of the text has been has been really helpful because, it, yeah, I mean, these guys get a bunch of kids killed. Yeah, and and Jesus and, and Jesus and the Holy Family, you know, barely escape with their lives. Yeah. yeah. So it's an interesting, I mean, this idea, you know, you, you, I think the receptivity is a beautiful idea. I, I like that. I think the other thing, too, is that there's all kinds of tinges of tragedy around the story as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that that's an important thing to bring out. I mean, uh, we both had services this Advent about, um, you call yours was, you know, kind of what they call the Blue Christmas service. I, you know, I changed, I don't like that nomenclature, but we do, uh, we did with, uh, it's good enough for Elvis. Uh, yeah, it was good for, Elvis. um, mock, you know, the Korean congregation that we share a building with the one congregation. We had a three congregation and, uh, very powerful. I mean, uh, I do the, uh, mourners Kadesh as part of the, of the ceremony. And each year people stand and pray that as they do in synagogue worship. Um, um, and, you know, last year I stood. I mean, I had to stand because I was in the time my father had just died and my Colleen had just died. And uh, this year, this, a real tragedy had hit the Korean congregation. And to see the widow stand during that time and people around her. And it was interesting, too, my mom being, you know, my I think it was the first time my mom was ever at a bilingual service. And 
I think that I mean she was as, she was moved in ways that uh, I hadn't you know I hadn't seen her you know for a while. So that was pretty. It was a powerful thing. But it reminds us that you don't have to impose tragedy on the story because yeah, it's already, no, it's already yeah, there. Yeah. Are, yeah, I mean people are hurting at times, and it's just like I often think too. This is what like the whole thing thinking about these movies and sort of capital and shopping and everything. By the time you get to Christmas Eve, people are tired. Yeah, like it's a very interesting thing that you sort of like. You know, there's that whole thing, uh, give your kids presents, like presents, like your presents, Present. rather than presents. And most people are like, no, we're going to give this kids the best, you know, there's this yeah. kind of th- like consumer kind of thing. And it is like the Black Friday, like, I mean, yeah. consumerism couldn't work without Christmas. Like, no, I mean, it, no. it's just a very interesting thing. And so like the, the celebration of, of the incarnate, it's like every, it's almost like the way we, the, the holiday season in this sort of public life it's sort of like it's like seinfeld do the opposite it's like mm. what can we do that's the opposite of the holiday yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like everything we do <laughs> well I, I think i probably mentioned this last year i uh I've learned learned learning from my mexican brothers and sisters uh you know again with so many kids i have you know, four four adult children so there's you know in-laws and you know uh girl, girl, all that stuff so uh, and then i work christmas eve so um I, borrowing from our um um latin american brothers and sisters, I now do 12th day of Christmas. I do the, well, I do the uh, uh, Feast of the Wise Men. Oh, nice. And so I don't, and particularly because the grandkids get so many, and the kids get so many stuff, I, I hold back their presents, and each of them get three presents. And like But that. we talk about it, you know, talk about that. And the idea, the great thing in Mexico is that then Christmas is actually about Jesus. The gift thing is pushed back. Uh, to, I mean, hey, if you yeah. can make Christmas about Jesus... Yeah, well, it's not bad. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. As long as Christianity Today doesn't he, write he about is it, the reason for the season, reason for allegedly, the season. allegedly, well, allegedly. Yeah, uh, and so I remember someone challenged me. Uh, I someone said, sent me. I don't know part of these what these discussion groups. So, so, so uh, you know, defend the Christian uh, the Christmas is. Not a pagan holiday. I go, I'm, no, <laughs> we've turned it into a pagan oh, yeah, holiday. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And, you know, its origins. I mean, I, I think it was clever to kind of reclaim some of those pagan holidays and, and, and baptize pagan traditions. Uh, I don't think spending more money than you have uh, is probably that one. I don't think you can baptize that one. You can baptize, you know, holy trees and holly, and you can turn elves. You can turn, you know, uh, or, or whatever, you know, Santa Claus has many origins, not all of them good. You can you can turn him into a nice person, but you you can't baptize greed. <laughs> yeah, it's very difficult. Yeah, but you can try. I mean, well, it's it's done every it's done all the time, uh, and uh, you know there are there are cathedrals to it everywhere. But it uh, Christian Christian White House Christianity becomes something different when you uh, embrace greed, and uh, so yeah, I, I I've told I tell the story frequently. Uh, this is actually, I think, the beginning of my real spiritual quest happened when I was five, because I remember it. We were, we were, you know, my parents didn't have any really much money at all, but they always made Christmas a big deal. And I remember, I think it was for my fifth or sixth birthday, I got everything I I asked for. You know, they used to send those catalogs. You'd go through the Christmas catalogs, and and uh, and I ripped through all my presents, probably opened up everything within five minutes. You know, um, and then I went to my bedroom and, and cried. Because and I got everything I wanted, but the the anticipation, the actuality, had it was a letdown. And oh yeah, dude, this is yeah, you want yeah. yeah. And so the hunger, I mean, but that I I think I I point back to that. That was there's got to be something more. Yeah, it's the anticipation that's the where the where the 
where the joy is, or, or at least the enjoyment psychologically, the enjoyment mm, sure. is from the is sure. from the anticipation. Yeah, you know, I think also. Whoops, I think also, you know, this idea. Of, I, I still think the incarnation it is the the most powerful idea of Christianity. I think it is a great model for how we are to do ministry and and. You know, the idea of what spirituality is, is emptying oneself, like, uh, you know, the kenosis of, of Philippians 2. What is the, whatever the metaphysics behind the incarnation is, the, the spiritual move of God emptying himself, uh, of uh, the embracing of, of human weakness and all that amounts to, as a model of how we're to live among each other, is a, is a powerful, a powerful one and, and an essential one. And um, arguably... The two contributions that Christianity made, you know, so much of what we believe is borrowed from other things, particularly around ethics and values and such. But two original ideas is the centrality of love and the uh, exaltation of humility. I mean, those yeah. are two things that and, – and that's really the Christmas story, right? Love made concrete and, and the humility of God displayed in, in, the, in the manger. Um, I think to me – uh, that is the holy mystery. Uh, that's that is what's you know. That's what we add to the to the discussion. I mean, I think that's why. Um, but that's the battle. If you want to, if you want to fight for a Christian value, if you want to f- help um, make this nation good, maybe in a way it's never been before, then the way of the of the of the babe of Bethlehem uh, and of the God who was willing to give up everything for His creation. I think there is. There's the essence of who we are. Yeah, there's this like Italian folktale. It's you know like the story where like there's the shepherd and he's so embarrassed because he doesn't have anything to bring to the Christ child, and so he's standing there empty-handed. And the virgin is so like overwhelmed with everybody, she just she turns and puts Jesus into the baby Jesus into his hands. Yeah, yeah. and this idea of like sort of the the the, the lack, you know, like like yeah. the, the, the place of lack that we all feel, you know, is is the openness to like having the Christ child in your hands, you know, and so being open, I think, to, yeah, like you're saying, to the, poor, be, the poverty of spirit is, yeah. is where you see the richness, I think, of, of Christmas. I read, uh, sometime during Advent every year, I read a letter that uh, Father Alphonse Foxman wrote to his sister from Tegal Prison in 1943. He would be dead by the end of the war, killed. But the idea that the only, you know, he has no fir tree, no present, no meal, he's not even allowed a mass, but uh, that he prays that this year he'll He'll go to the manger in the poverty of his poverty to embrace the poverty um, and that the Christ child will radiate him with light. But he also, too, will taste the myrrh of the of the season. Yeah. So uh, we wish you uh, an amazing and beautiful Christmas. Um, try to forgive those who need forgiving. Uh, forgive yourself if you need to forgive yourself. And uh, let the peace of Christ be in you and share it. Merry Christmas, everybody. God bless. Hey listeners, thanks for joining us for today's episode of New Persuasive Words. Hope you enjoyed Scott and Bill's conversation, and will join us back here next time. Until then, thanks for listening, and God bless.